Uh, please uh, turn with me to the reading of God's Word. We're going to read uh, the Gospel according to Matthew, chapter 6, and uh, we'll be reading verses 5 to 11. But before we read the scriptures together, uh, let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you once more that we find ourselves under the preaching of your word. And we confess that Christ speaks to us by your word and spirit. So we ask that you may illuminate our minds and hearts to be receptive to your divine will, to your revealed will, and that you may curb our sinful nature that battles against your good and pleasing will for our lives. So we pray that the Holy Spirit may apply these truths into our lives. For it is in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Listen to God's holy, inspired, and inerrant word. But when you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask him. Pray then like this, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. This is the word of the Lord. Not a uh, few early church fathers uh, viewed this petition as being quite uh, mundane, uh, not spiritual enough because of its... uh, physical nature, the, the physical nature of the petition, this request. However, Tertullian stands out as one who saw the earthly nature of this petition by stating how gracefully has the divine wisdom arranged the order of the prayer so that after things heavenly, that is, after the name of God, the will of God, and the kingdom of God, it should give Earthly necessities also room for a petition. And in this chapter, Christ himself provides a one-sentence summary of the Lord's uh, prayer, which you can observe in verse 33. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Although this request directs us to earthly matters, It is not without spiritual implications, as we will find out momentarily. 
there isn't a spiritual disconnect between the heavenly petitions and the earthly ones. In inviting us to pray our Father, give us this day our daily bread, Christ is in fact supplying us with the spiritual contours by which he intends to form our thoughts and actions in keeping with the gospel of his grace. So therefore, the first main spiritual lesson Christ invites us to appropriate by faith is the disposition of our Heavenly Father's goodness. Christ teaches us that unlike an uncaring absentee landlord, God is indeed concerned with our physical well-being. And as a result of his work of salvation on our behalf, he freely gives us access to our Heavenly Father to receive his fatherly disposition of goodness. We find Christ teaching us this in verses 25 to 26 of this chapter. Therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? Christ is speaking to his covenant community. Christ has shed his uh, precious blood and has made us his prized uh, possession. So God promises his daily providential care to us. Give us this day our daily bread. Notice that it teaches us not to be selfish. Not only are we to ask individually for our daily sustenance, but it shows us to pray for others. Give us is in the plural. We're to pray for one another as a body of believers. But God's goodness does not remain within the covenant community, rather extends outside the community of believers. Despite the fact that in the words of the larger catechism, in Adam and by our own sin, we have forfeited our right to all the outward blessings of this life and deserve to be wholly deprived of them by God and to have them cursed to us in the use of them. And we see here how God extends his hand of fatherly care to non-believers If we look at Matthew chapter 5, verses 44 and 45, Christ exhorts us in this context to love your enemies, he says, and pray for those who persecute you, so that you may be sons of your Father who is in heaven. For he makes his sun rise on the evil and on the good, and sends rain on the just and on the unjust. So we see that even God's enemies are not excluded In this prayer, the second observation we can make from this passage and from the Lord's Prayer is that it demonstrates God's wisdom and prudence in fulfilling His providential care to us. The 16th century theologian Martin Shebness has rightly stated that God does not always guarantee the niceties. Of life, but rather he promised us the necessities of life. 
again. Give us this day our daily bread. The word daily in, is, is unique in the Greek. Uh, it's an adjective uh, unique to the New Testament and only appears in the Lord's uh, Prayer. Um, the Greek word is epiosin, epiosin. And it's found very rarely in ancient literature as well. But the idea that it conveys us is, is essential or sufficient. Give us this day our daily bread. It speaks to the real needs that we have, the necessities, the essentials, the indispensable things in life, as opposed to the felt needs, the niceties, the the luxuries, the amenities of this life. This petition apparently echoes two passages from the Old Testament. In Exodus chapter 16, verse 4, where we find the covenant community in the wilderness. And here in this verse, uh, it says, Then the Lord said to Moses, Behold, I am about to rain bread from heaven for you, and the people shall go out and gather a day's portion every day. So the thought here is sufficient for the entire day. Our basic needs for the entire day. Also in Proverbs chapter 30, verses 8 to 9, where it states here, Give me neither poverty nor riches. Feed me with the food that is needful for me. And this conveys, it has the same language in the Hebrew as as it appears in Exodus chapter 16, verse 4. The same language that... Uh, we're asking that for the food that is needful, not only for us, not only for our fellow believers, but also for the non-believers. And it goes on to say in verse 9 in Proverbs, in that chapter 30, Lest I be full and deny you and say, Who is the Lord? Or lest I be poor and steal and profane the name of my God. An outwork and an application from this truth of God's wisdom and prudence is that it teaches us about moderation. It teaches us, especially in the society in which we live in, the society of, of abundance, that it presents a challenge to us. A society that is full of abundance and riches. And the Lord is certainly kind enough to bless us with many of these blessings. But it does not encourage us, us to indulge in luxuries and, and, and in these matters. It teaches, this verse teaches us about moderation. It is a challenge to us because it's a danger for those who have plenty. Notice again. Notice again what the proverb says in verse 9. Lest I be full and deny you and say who is the Lord. Another point of application here is the dependence. That we need to understand our full dependence for our daily needs. But the rich, they do not even consider from whence their needs have come from. They forget about the Lord, who is the one who provides for all these needs. 
Also, it teaches us of, of moderation as a challenge to us for, um, in confronting the sin of gluttony. Right? Regardless of whether you struggle with weight gain or not, all of us are susceptible and may not have at one time or another committed the sin of gluttony. I remember the time I was a junior in high school, and um, it was a Friday night, and they had an Italian bakery that was still open. And you can smell the, the bread, freshly made bread, and it was nice. And so I went in there, bought about a, a dozen and a half to two dozens of, of these round Italian rolls, and they were hot. And he put it in a brown bag. And I began walking home, and I had a pretty long distance to, to, to the house. And all of a sudden, I just found myself eating one roll after another, one roll after another. And uh, it, it was not because I was hungry. <laughs> it was not because I was starving. And I, I ended up eating about 12 rolls <laughs> by the time I got home. You know. And I'm not a person that hasn't struggled with this uh, issue of weight gain or weight loss. And, um, but it's, it's a reality that all of us face. We must struggle with the sin of gluttony. See, moderation curbs our voracious appetites to consume more food, more food than we really actually need. It can become an idol for some of us. But God's prudence and wisdom is demonstrated in this fact that he does not, he's not like the indulgent parent who harmfully nurtures the self-esteem of his children. Again, let's look at Matthew chapter 7, verses 7 to 11. And this is part of the Sermon on the Mount, a, a continuation of, this, uh, of the Lord's uh, prayer uh, on, on this matter. So let us look at Matthew chapter 7, verses 7 to 11, where it says here, And here Christ is providing his own commentary with application uh, with regard to this particular petition. And verse 7 says, Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and the one who seeks finds. And to the one who knocks, it will be opened. Or which one of you, if his son asks him for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a serpent. If you then who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask him? And notice in verse 10, God does not uh, give us things that are harmful to us. See, and in his prudence, uh, he limits our prayer in this particular fashion to, to curb our appetites and, and uh, to uh, lead us in complete dependence on him in this matter. In addition, in addition notice that the, the term bread here also uh, in these verses which one of you, if his son asks him for bread, will he give him a, a stone? And here, a bread is, is, is really uh, representative as the basic staple of all of life. 
And this petition can be extended to include um, vocation, right? Vocation. We're, and that's part of this prayer as well. We're asking for vocation. We're asking for basic shelter and all the basic necessities of life. And, and to a certain extent, even physical health. Although the Lord blesses us with all these things, he does not promise and, and guarantees uh, perfect health. And he does not guarantee us to become rich in this life. But what he does promise is, is that he'll give us our daily bread, what we need, what we truly need. Again, uh, in the spirit of this Third uh, uh, John uh, verse 2, uh, John is mindful of, of the basic necessities of, of, of this prayer and the requirements of this prayer and saying, Beloved, I pray that all may go well with you and that you may be in good health as it goes well with your soul. So we're praying for all these basic uh, matters uh, concerning our lives. So it's just not simply uh, asking for food, uh, of course. So the third uh, main observation we can make from this passage is that uh, God is the fountain and, and the source of all blessing. Uh, this truth all to engender trust in, in him, daily trust. Give us this day our daily bread. Again, let's return to Matthew chapter uh, 6 and uh, looking at verses 27 to 34. And notice that Christ here is presenting a prayer uh, as a gift. He's, he's, pray, he's offering um, prayer as a gift and, and uh, as a, a sort of anxiolytic for God's people. And if you um, uh, don't know what that is, anxiolytic uh, 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 is, is a medication that relieves anxiety. And, and here he's encouraging us to trust in God as the fountain and source of all uh, blessing again, uh, verse uh, beginning in verse twenty-five. Sorry, in chapter six. Therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food, and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air; they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? Verse 27, it repeats again. And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to the span of life? And why, why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven... Will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore do not be anxious, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Therefore do not be anxious. Do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself, sufficient for today in its own trouble. So asking for our daily bread should engender trust in God. It should serve as um, 
as a way to avoid overly, uh, 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 an overly worrisome spirit um, about our basic needs uh, from day to day. So uh, he encourages us to trust um, in uh, the daily provisions as being sufficient for our needs. So in sum, the petition should ultimately remind us of Christ's invitation to recognize him also as the bread of life. And here we see that, that in this particular per, uh, petition, in this particular petition um, where Christ says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be uh, added to you. You see the, um, the unification of the heavenly petitions and the uh, material uh, petitions embedded in this uh, prayer. It should remind us that Christ is inviting us to recognize him as the bread of life. In John 6, uh, verse 34, uh, it states there that a few had asked him, give us this day bread always. Give us this bread always. In response uh, to what he had uh, told them in beginning in verse 27 of that chapter. Do not work for the food that perishes, but for the food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give to you. And in this verse, he's, he's telling them to pursue a Christ as the uh, a food that never perishes, the everlasting uh, food that he will uh, provide. Our, our provisions that the Lord gives us uh, daily are temporary. And they only, they, they only last for that particular day and moment. But in this case, he admonishes them, he encourages them. Do not work for the food that perishes, but for the food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give to you. For on him God the Father has set his seal. Then they said to him, what must we do to be doing the works of God? Jesus answered them, this is the work of God. See, and then he's, he's, he's telling them about... Um, the, the food that they were uh, 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 apparently pursuing, and he, he sort of turns the table on, on them in this matter, and he's identifying their pursuit for earthly matters uh, in this particular way. Uh, Jesus answered them, this is the work of God that you believe in him who has, he has sent. So they said to him, then what sign do you do that we may see and believe you? What works do you perform? Our fathers ate the manna in the wilderness, as it is written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. Jesus said, then said to them, truly, truly, I say it to you, it was not Moses who gave you the bread from heaven, but my father gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. They said to him, sir, give us this bread always. This is an encouragement to us to ask for Christ on a daily basis as well. This petition reminds us that we need Christ on a daily basis. Let us ask Christ to provide his provision of grace as we seek to honor God in this petition. Now, at first glance, this passage seems to be antithetical to the request of give us this day our daily bread. But in the Heidelberg Catechism, it notes an ultimate blessing here. 
regarding this matter. Give us this day, and it states this way, and according to Heidelberg Catechism, question number 125. Give us this day our daily bread, that is, be pleased to provide us with all things necessary for the body, that we may thereby acknowledge thee to be the only fountain of all good, and that neither our care nor industry nor even thy gifts can profit us without thy blessing. And that neither our care nor industry nor even thy gifts can profit us without thy blessing. And this is what we're asking for. We're asking, uh, as believers, we have a different experience in this matter. There's a spiritual growth that occurs uh, on this point. And... um, it states that uh, uh, the Lord reminds us uh, in Matthew, for what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and forfeits his soul? Or what shall a man give in return for his soul? We experience these daily blessings, these daily provisional care of God's uh, uh, fatherly goodness in our lives. And it should change uh, us. It's, it's meant to really guide us and conform us into the image of Christ here. So. And final, finally, um, it should lead us to worship. Okay, this particular petition uh, should lead us to worship. Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 31, So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. Our Father gives us this daily day. Our Father, give us this day our daily bread, and let the Lord's people say, Amen.